You're listening to episode number 38 of the Keto Diet Podcast. If you have little ones around or individuals who you don't want hearing swear words in this episode, because there are many of them, I highly recommend listening to this episode later or putting your earbuds in before we get started. Today, we're chatting about how to get your shit together, flipping negative thoughts, and how to set powerful goals. So stay tuned. Hey, I'm Leanne from HelpfulPursuit.com, and this is the Keto Diet Podcast, where we're busting through the restrictive mentality of a traditional ketogenic diet to uncover the life you crave. What's keto? Keto is a low-carb, high-fat diet where we're switching from a sugar-burning state to becoming fat-burning machines. All listeners of the podcast receive a free seven-day keto meal plan, complete with a shopping list and everything you need to chow down on keto for seven whole days. Download your free copy at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. The link will also be in the show notes for today's episode. Perfect if your daily keto meals have become a bit lackluster, if you're new to keto and a bit lost when it comes to eating what and how much, or thrive on being guided on what to do and when to do it. Again, that's healthfulpursuit.com forward slash keto meal. Let's get this party started. Hey guys, happy Sunday. The show notes and full transcript for today's episode can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E38. And the transcript is added to the post about three to five days following the initial air date of this episode. That link will also take you to all of the details that we share in today's episode. If there's links or books or things like that, it'll all be there. And let's hear from one of our awesome partners before we get started. Keto salads. They're a staple in our house. Great for when you're in a rush, need to boost your fat intake. Salads can hold a lot of fat in them and still taste great or give you that volume in your belly that you don't always get from standard keto food. But let's talk dressings for a sec. Sure, you can make your own and they'll probably taste great, but sometimes making your own dressings takes up time, requires ingredients on hand, and just isn't practical. Enter Primal Kitchen's line of avocado oil-based salad dressings. They're keto, packed with natural, beneficial fats, double as a marinade for your favorite proteins, are nutrient-dense with ingredients like avocado oil, oil of oregano, and apple cider vinegar. Plus, they're always free from dairy, gluten, grain, refined sugar, and soy. Choose your favorite like honey mustard, Greek vinaigrette, green goddess, Caesar, or ranch dressing. Again, they're all keto, all dairy-free, and all delicious. Try a bottle or five by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash primal and using the coupon code FAT for 15% off your entire order. Again, that's FAT, all in caps, no spaces, for 15% off at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash primal. If you have an idea for a podcast episode or you want to submit praise over and above the review, which you can leave by going to healthfulpursuit.com forward slash review, you can reach me at info at ketodietpodcast.com. I have no announcements for you guys, so let's get right into it. Our guest today, her name is Sarah Knight. She's the internationally best-selling author of The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, which has been translated into 15 languages and is published in 21 territories worldwide. 
Her second book, Get Your Shit Together, is a continuation of her crusade to promote mental decluttering with a funny, profane twist. She used to live in Brooklyn, but now lives in the Dominican Republic, and she no longer gives a fuck about winter. So I had chatted with Sarah probably at least a year ago about the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck. And this was a book that completely changed the game for me. If you don't already have it, I highly recommend checking it out. One of the major takeaways that I took from her book, and it's actually in my book, The Keto Diet, is that you shouldn't be surrounding yourself with people you don't like doing things you don't enjoy doing and just being miserable all the time. And so what the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck allowed me to do is kind of look at all of the areas where I was spending my time, energy, and money and shift those things and get rid of things that just didn't serve me or didn't feel well. And with her second book, Get Your Shit Together, really inspired me to kind of look at now that I have all this space, what do I actually want to do? And how can I declutter and make simple this process of accomplishing things that I'd always set out to do, but just couldn't hit the mark. And it's so much more than just about willpower. It's developing a strategy and following it all the way through to completion and biting off little pieces and If you guys have been following Kevin and I on our Exploring blog, that's Exploring.com, where we have combined exploring and working together, Kevin and I are toying around with the idea of actually selling all of our possessions and moving into our RV. And so, you know, unknowingly, we've been doing this get your shit together process of just picking apart little things and working on one little bit at a time, you know, fixing up the RV, fixing the things we need to and looking at, you know, selling our home and what are the options and do we need to sell our car and kind of breaking all these pieces down instead of looking at this one big thing, which is moving into an RV, because then all these ideas start to float around in your head, like how are we going to make this work and doctor's appointments? And what if we're sick? Or what if the dogs need to go to the vet? I mean, there's a lot of medical stuff that I still need to work through. But just picking apart this project and making it a lot less overwhelming. And while Kevin and I are using this strategy to think about completely changing our lives and flipping upside down, it doesn't even need to be that complicated. If you're having a hard time developing goals and trying to understand what you actually want out of life, today's interview might be helpful for you. Or if you know what you want, but you have no idea how to go about getting it, or you get really overwhelmed or fearful when you think about making even the smallest bit of change, today's interview is going to be helpful for you on that as well. So without further ado, let's cut over to the interview and I hope you love it. Hey, Sarah, how's it going today? It's going pretty well. Awesome. And for listeners that may not be familiar with your work, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I did the podcast before uh, and we talked about my first book, which was called The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck. And since then, I've written a second book called Get Your Shit Together. And uh, I have moved from New York City to the Dominican Republic, which is where I am talking to you from today. What made you make that choice? Like, And when was it? And what kind of went into that? Well, my husband and I were really interested in living somewhere tropical. We were tired of New York City, the pace and the weather. And when I wrote my first book and I stopped giving so many unnecessary fucks to things that didn't make me happy, we realized that, you know, you really only get one shot at life and it's getting shorter every day. So why not just, you know, 
move, take the plunge and do what we always wanted to do. And so we sold our apartment in New York and we moved down to the DR and we've been here full time since November of last year. Although we had, we did spend a few months in 2016 down here getting everything ready and stuff before the big move. That's a big deal. Good for you. And you know, from the transition of the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck, how, how is it different than getting your shit together? And how did that come about in your own life? Well, when I wrote The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck, it was because I had been really liberated from leaving my corporate job and and getting rid of all of these sort of obligations and a lot of anxiety and guilt and unhappiness that was related to that job. And the book went over really well. People seemed to really like it. And a lot of people asked me, you know, how did you do it? And I said, well, I got my shit together. (laughs) So it actually turned out to be a really great sequel because both of the books have to do with what I call mental decluttering. And the first step is to discard in the same way that if you were decluttering your house, you would discard things that you don't need or that you don't like or you don't want. And uh, the second step is to organize what you have left. So the first book was really primarily focused on discarding, you know, people, relationships, obligations, tasks, things that you don't give a fuck about. And the second book, Get Your Shit Together, is really about organizing what you have left and taking the time, energy, and money that you have now conserved and really spending it on the things that make you most excited and doing the things in your life that you really didn't have or you didn't think you had the time, energy, or money to do before. Mm. Yes, so true. And in your book, you talk about Elvin and the chipmunks. And it's so funny, because as soon as I as soon as I listened to your book, I went to my girlfriend's house and her son was watching Elvin and the chipmunks. And I was watching. um, Wow, it was it was perfect. It was perfect timing. And watching the way that they are. And can you explain a little bit about who needs to get their shit together and how that relates to Elvin and the chipmunks? Of course, that's a really funny synergy. Right? (laughs) Um, So, you know, I wanted to make it easy for everybody to know, everybody that could possibly be reading the book, that there was something beneficial, no matter what kind of person you are. Because some people think get your shit together is only aimed at the people who are just a total mess. They, you know, they don't know whether they're coming or going. They never get to anything on time because they don't even know where the meeting is to begin with. These are the Theodores. They're lovable. They might be a little bit naive about what it takes to kind of, you know, move and shake in the world. It doesn't make them bad people, but they're just kind of a disaster. But then there's also the Alvins, who are the people who kind of, they have it together on the outside, like they're holding, they're juggling a bunch of balls, but like they're going to drop one eventually. And then they're going to kind of coast on, you know, the fact that people like them or they have a pretty good reputation and they're going to kind of fake it and make it, you know, and that's, that's the, the Alvin trope. And then the Simons are people like me. And I think a lot of people I know wouldn't think Sarah Knight needs to get her shit together because I'm very organized. I'm very tidy. I'm a planner. You know, I have everything under control from the outside looking in. But I experience what I call the deep shit, which is the last part of the book, which is a lot of the anxiety and the depression and the sort of mental acrobatics that it takes to, you know, to to have everything together 100% of the time. And so... I wanted to give people an understanding that getting your shit together isn't just about going from that Theodore, like, you know, everything is 
a disaster into becoming somebody who makes to-do lists. It's really useful for everybody, no matter what part of the spectrum they're on, whether they're a, a Theodore, an Alvin, or a Simon. So that is where that came from. Mm, and I loved in the book that you talked about it being more of a state of being and not a character flaw. Like, you know, if you're late for every meeting and you don't even know where the meeting is by getting your shit together, you're just improving your state of being, not that you're broken to begin with. I really enjoyed that. Exactly. And I think it's really important for people to know that this book isn't about talking down to them. It's not about being condescending. It's not about saying, you know, you're a bad person and you need to change. It's like, if you want to be more functional, if you want to be more efficient, if you want to spend your time, energy, and money on things that are really important to you and move forward in your life instead of being stuck, then that's how, you know, that's how getting your shit together works. It's not about saying you're a bad person. Um, it's just about saying how could things be better for you in general? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I relate to you as well. I'm a massive overachiever and I, I have the to-do list and everyone is always like, how do you do so much stuff? But in actuality, you know, if I'm not careful and I don't, well, your book helped, your first book helped me so much. Like I sat on my floor and I was like, what do I not give a fuck about? And <laughs> I, I probably say I literally don't give a fuck about that at least 10 times a day. Like Fantastic. I've said it on stage. It's in my book. It's like, I don't give a fuck. And there's something so liberating about that. But still, you know, listening to your next book, it was like, whoa, actually, now that I have all this space, like, what can I do with this space? And how can I make this work for me? And also, you know, I'm that go-getter person. And Oftentimes, there's a lot of other stuff going on with those go-getter persons that you don't even know are struggling exactly. with. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, you know, still waters run deep, they say. And <laughs> I, you know, I really think that you hit upon something. The first book was very liberating. It was liberating for me to write it. It was liberating for people to read it. The second book, Get Your Shit Together, is I call it weaponizing. It's really taking, you know, all of this, you know, stuff that I, that I teach you throughout the course of the book and just like honing in on targets in your life and just nailing them, you know, and having what you want and doing what you want and being what you want. So I think it's a, it's a natural sequel, but it's also like really, I think, inspiring in its own way. It was a completely natural sequel. When I saw that you came up with the book and I started reading it, I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Way to go, girl. You got this. It was like, perfect. So thank you so much for for writing it even for all of us. Yeah, well, thanks for reading. More on my interview with Sarah Knight after this message from one of our podcast partners. I've always loved protein powder for its ease of use, but could never find one that made me feel good from the inside out until I found collagen. Not only is collagen a fabulous protein powder alternative, it actually helps strengthen bones and cartilage, improves resistance, elasticity, and mobility of joints and connective tissues regardless of one's age, and supports muscle rebuilding after an intense workout. There are a lot of collagen brands out there, but none as committed to quality and variety like Vital Proteins. I've created product bundles of Vital Proteins Collagen, keeping in mind how I use collagen in my own home and when I'm out and about. 
I know you're going to love it as much as I do. Choose from collagen peptides duo, daily essentials combo, or a collagen and gelatin starter pack and receive an instant 10% off when you purchase a bundle at vitalproteins.com forward slash keto. Again, that's vitalproteins.com forward slash keto for an instant 10% off these new keto diet podcast approved collagen bundles. So what, what about the tools for getting your shit together? Like we've talked about who needs to get their shit together, but how? What, right. What do you so, <laughs> so what I talk about in the book is there's really three steps to getting your shit together. It's strategizing, focusing, and committing. And everything I've ever done in my life, whether it was, you know, succeeding in school or, you know, quitting my job and starting a business or moving to a foreign country, you know, with a totally different language than I speak, all of it has happened because I have strategized, focused, and committed. So when I talk about the tools for getting your shit together, I liken those three things to your keys, phone, and wallet. These are three essential life accessories. If you leave the house without one of them, you're going to have a problem later in the day. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so the keys are all about your strategy. And each key on the ring is one part of your overall plan. And the phone allows you to focus, as we all do in the 21st century. We make our plans in our calendars on our phone. You know, you can really do only do one thing while you're talking on the phone. You really are focusing. And then the wallet symbolizes commitment. And whether that's financial commitment or just psychological, emotional, or physical commitment, that's really putting, you know, your metaphorical money where your mouth is. So what I was trying to get across to people is that it's very simple. If you walk out the door every day with your keys, phone, and wallet, you should be able to strategize, focus, and commit. Getting your shit together just doesn't have to be as difficult as you might think. Mm. And what about for people, because those overachievers and the overachiever in me is like, oh, so I can like break everything down and strategize on all the things and have everything done by tomorrow. <laughs> well, I don't recommend that because I actually have uh, a system that I talk about in the book, which is turning your to-do list into a must-do list. And the reason that that's helpful for people is people like me who would write everything down and be looking at a 25-item list and thinking they had to get it all done tomorrow um, either would drive themselves crazy and, you know, from lack of sleep to actually get it all done or the Theodores in the room would never even get started because they would just be so overwhelmed by the sheer number of things on the list. So I say... Don't actually try to do it all. Make your to-do list. Look at the things by timeline, like literally like what you have to get done today. And just do those and push the other stuff off until tomorrow. And that's responsible procrastination. Everybody likes to procrastinate, but you're, you're being rewarded for it. And you take a list that has, you know, 20 or 25 things and you're able to reduce it to maybe four or five things or maybe less. I do that myself all the time now when I get a little bit overwhelmed about everything that I have to do. I think, wait, what actually has to get done today? And it's usually only one or two things. And then I'm able to, you know, calm down and and really attack it and not drive myself crazy. And the same goes for people on the opposite end of the chipmunk spectrum. They're actually able to calm down and do one or two things instead of being overwhelmed by the the giant list. I love that you just said chipmunk spectrum. Like how awesome is that? (laughs) That's so great. And so for example, you moving to Dominican Republic, that must have required some getting your shit together 
strategy. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and the thing is, it was a big move. It was a huge life change just to move cities, let alone countries, to go to a place that, as I said, you know, the, the primary language is not English, you know, totally different lifestyle, culture, systems, government, you know, all of that stuff. And we built a house down here. So that was, you know, if you've ever done even a tiny bit of renovation on an apartment, you know how crazy it is to embark on a, a project as big as building a home. But my husband and I just took it one small step at a time. And, you know, I, I say that and get your shit together that it's all about breaking things down into small manageable chunks. So yes, moving to the Dominican Republic is a huge thing. But if the first step is, you know, booking plane tickets to fly to the Dominican Republic to see if that's where you want to live. <laughs> you know, that's one little step. And if one, you know, one day my husband was focused on looking for home loans, you know, for, you know, in order to, to build the house, obviously you need some money. And I was focused on learning Spanish, you know, and I do that 15 or 30 minutes a day every day. So they're just, it's like taking a big, scary, complicated thing and breaking it down into individual items on a to-do list that become a must-do list that makes it really possible to make big, big life changes, you know, and it works for small life changes too. I think it's very similar to like budgeting. Would that be fair? Like I know that when we want to save up for something and it means something to us, we go into our budget and we're like, okay, what can we cut? You know, we just sold our car that was costing us so much money and we weren't using. And so now we have all that extra money that we can put towards things that we care about. And you kind of pick away at it. But with, with money or budgeting, it's something that I do quite frequently. I really like budgeting. So um, if there's any budgeters out there, <laughs> when I was reading <laughs> your book, Sarah, I was thinking, oh, okay, so this is similar to what I would do if it's like, I want to save some money every month. Well, you don't just... I don't know, use your credit card less <laughs> and hope that you're saving money. You kind of sit down with your budget and you go through like, what's our strategy? And then you focus on ways that you can cut things and then commit to, okay, we're going to do this budget that we now have or execute the budget. Yeah, it's definitely all one and the same. I actually write a lot in the book about not only saving and like strategies for saving a little bit every day instead of looking at one giant sum of money and thinking I'm never going to have 10,000 extra dollars. If you break that down over a period of time, I happen to know that if you save $27.40 every day for a year, that makes $10,000 because I did that. Some people would say, that's way too much money. I can't cut $27.40 out of my day every day. Okay, how much can you cut? Can you cut out $3, you know, $1, $3, $5? And I actually have tables uh, and charts in the book that show what you can achieve over a period of time if you break it down into small manageable goals. So for savings, it would be a dollar a day, you know, that's $30 a month. And that's not too shabby if you're trying to buy something that costs $100 or $200, you know, it's going to take you three or six months to save up for that. And, you know, and you can scale it so that you can buy a house or buy a car or, you know, whatever it is that you want to do. And also, you know, I talk about not just saving, but you know, cutting, like cutting out of your budget and saying, okay, what can I do without? And that's really, you know, all part of the mental decluttering process is deciding what you really want and need and what you don't really want and don't need. <laughs> and then, you know, if that corresponds to a dollar or $3 or $5 a day, then you really don't need that medium frappuccino from Starbucks or venti or whatever the size is that they call it medium, <laughs> then don't buy it. And then suddenly at the end of the month, you have 
you know, $100 worth of frappuccinos that you can spend on something else. Totally. And outside of like moving countries or uh, making more money, where do you see this sort of work benefiting people? Well, the idea behind the book is that getting your shit together in the process that I've laid out, strategizing, focus, and commitment is applicable across the board. So you can make big life changes and you can make small life changes. And the the parts of the book correspond to kind of the level of difficulty. So the first part is the small shit, which is just learning how to, you know, stop procrastinating or to only procrastinate responsibly, like I talked about before. It's about time management, you know, understanding how long it takes you to do something is really the first step in being on time. So if you're the kind of person who's always saying, yep, I'll see you in 15 minutes, and then you get in the shower, and it really takes you like 45 minutes to get ready, and you're always late for things, you know, you need to start timing yourself from the minute you step into the shower until the minute you walk out the door so that you understand that it takes you 45 minutes. So you need to start earlier. That's the small shit, which I think has been really revolutionary for a lot of people that I've heard from. And then we move into the tough shit. And then we move on, like I said earlier, to the deep shit, which is the mental stuff and the real, you know, the real nitty gritty. So really, people can use the the steps of getting your shit together and the processes of mental decluttering to make small improvements in their overall life, um, in their day to day life, or to make these big life changes, you know, that I talked about. Hmm. Where do you see this sort of work? You know, where do you see people getting caught up in like we chatted a little bit about overwhelm when you're looking at the big picture and you can't cut it down into small pieces. But even the promise of change can be really scary for people. You know, they're listening to this podcast and like, okay, I'm going to get my shit together. And then they'll look at all their shit. They're like, yeah, maybe tomorrow. Like, where, where, where do you <laughs> see people getting caught up? Like what's stopping them from making these changes? Well, I think there's a lot of different things that are stopping different kinds of people. You know, for the Theodores in the crowd, a lot of it is just overwhelming. They don't know where to begin. And for people like myself, for the Simons, it's more of, um, you know, anxiety and, and fear and, you know, being worried that if you make this big change, you're going to somehow upend your entire life. And it's, you know, you're going to, you're going to have ruined your life because you made this big change and took this risk or whatever. And, you know, I talk about in both of my books that it's, it's really important to a stop giving a fuck about and stop caring about things that you can't control so that you can get your shit together and, and make the stuff that you can control happen. So when it comes to just anxiety and fear, you know, it is, I am preaching a little bit of mind over matter. And I know that that is not going to work for everybody, but it's what has worked for me to really say to myself, you can't control, you have no idea what the future looks like unless you make this decision and then live it. You know, you, if I had sat in my living room in Brooklyn and been too anxious and afraid to move to a foreign country where I didn't know anybody and didn't speak the language, I never would have done it. You know, I had to say, well, you're never going to know until you try. And when you go and, and do it, if you keep the steps of getting your shit together in mind, that's how you handle the challenges that arise from, you know, the consequences of the decision that you made. So, you know, I get here and I have this house now and that's so great, but I've never had more than 
you know, a 900 square foot apartment. So there's a lot of stuff that happens with a house that you don't know. Mm-hmm. People who live in suburbia probably know. My parents probably know this, but my husband and I were, you know, faced with a lot of new challenges with plumbing and with the water system and the septic system and, you know, and crazy giant spiders in the house because we live in the jungle now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we had to strategize, focus and commit to fixing, you know, all of those little problems along the way. So good for you guys. It's like my dream working on it slowly, but surely, (laughs) (laughs) you know, strategizing, focusing and committing for the next little bit. And I really think, you know, when you make those big life choices and I mean, that's a big deal, moving countries or selling your house or these big things or quitting your job. I remember when I got back from living in India for a while, I came back and I was like, you know what? I just got to quit my job. It doesn't make me feel good. Yeah, the money's great, but I just, I can't do it anymore. I just can't Mm -hmm. do this. And I just thought, what's the worst thing that can happen? I know that I am able to find another job. I will be okay. Worst thing that can happen, I'll have to work at Starbucks for a couple of months until I figure figure it out. And it'll mean maybe Mm -hmm. I'll have to sell my car or do these things. But the cost of almost not doing it is more to me. Anyways, oh, I definitely I agree. I yeah. definitely agree. And I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely a, a bigger conversation or a different conversation to be had around all of this about privilege. And, yes. you know, it's very easy for me and seemingly for you to say, well, if it doesn't work out, I will be able to get a different job, do something else to earn money, sell something to keep myself afloat for a while. And I do understand that not everybody has that ability. And so I tried in both of my books to really make them universally applicable for people so that, like I said, if you can't save $27 a day, but you can save $1 a day, you know, start there, start small and keep your goal in mind and get your shit together is all about setting goals and achieving them. And they can be tiny goals or they can be giant goals. But the idea is that anybody who can identify a goal can achieve it with these three steps. And I hear from a lot of people every day that have read the book and really are, are, you know, confirming for me the fact that you can do this, uh, sort of no matter where you are in your life and what kind of life that you have. I mean, obviously there are extremes, um, on one end or the other, but I, I think that that's really important too, is to talk about, you know, getting your shit together. doesn't have to mean, you know, building a house and and moving to a tropical island. It can just mean managing your family budget better. It can mean finishing school. You know, it can mean making time for your friends. You know, there are are aspects in the book that deal with stuff that isn't really goals that aren't financial or career oriented or anything like that, but are really about, you know, maintaining relationships. And, you know, so hopefully there's, there's a lot of ground covered that anybody can kind of find their way into and be able to fix you know, whatever it is that's going on in their life that they want to fix. Yeah, because oftentimes I know you can just say, I want to do this thing and it'll stay in your mind, but you won't really sit down and figure out how how am I going to do it? Let's strategize, focus and commit on this. Even so much as more self-care. Like, yeah, how am I going to just spend more time taking care of myself, whether that be a walk? And if you don't sit down and kind of figure out how you're going to do it, how do you expect it to actually happen? Yeah. And I talk about that later in the book where I say, you know, you have to lobby for your hobby. And I really believe that people need to treat their recreational time, whether that's a bubble bath or a horseback riding lesson, as something that is as important as the stuff they, quote, have to do. So 
if you need to schedule in time for self-care, schedule it in. You know, don't say, as I did for 30-plus years, I'll do that when I have time. I'll do that when I have time. Because you're never going to have the time unless you make the time. So it sounds a little bit cliched, but it really is true that if, if you – feel like you need to spend more time, you know, relaxing or, or doing something that, you know, makes you feel good that isn't money-making, that isn't about your job or about, you know, parenting or whatever you have to do during the day. You just, you need to set aside the time. That's where the focus comes in because you just do one thing at a time. So one hour, half an hour a day or every other day, you know, spent doing something that, that rejuvenates you so that you then have more energy to tackle the other stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious, the emails that you're getting, what sort of things are people accomplishing? Like, what are they sharing with you? I'm just so curious to hear. You know, it's a huge, huge spectrum. Um, some people say they decided that they were going to quit their job. Some people say they decided to go back to school. Some people say they created a family budget and were able to, you know, go and, and take their kids on a really fun vacation that they never thought they'd be able to do. And some people have gotten their shit together to get out of relationships. Um, I've gotten some really interesting emails from people who said, you know, that they ended a romantic relationship because of reading this book and they finally, you know, got up the, you know, mustered up the uh, energy to deal with it. And so it really does seem to run the gamut. That's so cool and amazing that you get to do this work and kind of share what you did to get your life, well, to to create your life and that you can help others kind of guide them through doing the same. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. More on my interview with Sarah Knight after this message from one of our podcast partners. The show is partnered up with Paleo Valley, the makers of the only 100% grass-fed and finished fermented beef stick. Each stick contains 1 billion probiotic CFUs. We all know how important fermented foods are to the health of our gut and the strength of our immune system, especially during cold and flu season, as well as boosting our energy throughout the winter months. Chowing down on Paleo Valley's fermented beef sticks provides your body with all of the beneficial bacteria it loves in one convenient little beef stick. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical additive dye and preservative-free, as well as being 100% free from carbs and sugar, and made with the highest quality ingredients. Exclusive to listeners of the show, receive instant savings of 20% off Paleo Valley fermented beef stick snacks by going to paleovalley.com forward slash keto. And if your jaw is just tired thinking about about beef jerky. It's worth noting that these tasty treats are not tough at all, but moist with a little snap. The summer sausage flavor even tastes like those hickory summer sausages, but without the gunk. Seriously delicious. Again, that's paleovalley.com forward slash keto for an instant 20% off savings. Where do you feel like negative thinking comes into all of this? Because I know a lot of people listening, you know, you'll get going on this goal and you'll be like, yeah, I'm going to do it. I've strategized it. I've strategized rather. I've, I'm focused. I'm committed. And then almost like that doppelganger comes in and this negative voice that says, you can't do this. Good luck. Like, how well, do you approach that? <laughs> I actually, I'm a fan of negative thinking. So in the book, I talk about the power of negative thinking. And, you know, a lot of people, whether they are self-help, you know, gurus or readers of self-help, they have this idea that it's about 
aspirational living and thinking about how great your life will be when you get to this point, whether, whether you're, you know, richer or thinner or tidier. And I actually find it much more motivating to focus on the negative and say, I don't want to be, you know, broke, fat and, you know, messy in the here and now. And so I say that in the book that the power of negative thinking is to look yourself in the mirror, you know, literally or figuratively and say, something has to change. You know, I, I hate my job. I hate my boyfriend. I hate being broke all the time. I hate buying pants three sizes bigger than I bought them when I was in college or whatever it is. And, and really making a plan, a strategy to, you know, to turn that part of your life around. So I kind of liken it to, you know, if you're always just kind of chasing after these pretty butterflies that are out of reach and, you know, you don't know what it's going to be like when you catch one, but they look so pretty floating around there. For me, it's more like stamping a cockroach that's on the floor right in front of you and like getting rid of it. <laughs> so anyway, I, I have found the power of negative thinking to be very motivational for me. I'm not really good at, at aspirational thoughts so much as I am at fixing the bullshit that's happening right now. Okay, amazing. So let's say, you know, when you were going through the process of moving, did you ever have this moment of like, you can't do this? That Are you crazy? You're going to lose everything or how like whatever that story is. How do you deal with those negative stories? You're just like, bring it on. I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) what I try to do is just look at what's currently happening in my life that makes me unhappy. So for example, my, my job, my corporate day job, which was a career, you know, that I had been in for 15 years was just making me so unhappy on a daily basis. I hated commuting. I hated having to work in a very regimented kind of nine to five zone when my brain doesn't really work very well before noon. I hated corporate diplomacy. I hated being in a million meetings every week, just talking about stupid, stupid shit that never got solved because there was so much, you know, office politics going on. So, Yes, the idea of quitting and starting and and not even just quitting to get a different job, but to start my own business and become a freelancer was totally terrifying. And that's the reason why I didn't do it for the previous, you know, five years. But it got to the point that I was so unhappy every day that it, it made more sense to get rid of the thing that was making me unhappy, which was my job than it did to hold on to it out of fear of what might come next. So does that does that sort of explain, does that answer your question? Totally, that it I, does. I let the the negative part drive me forward rather than allowing fear and anxiety to hold me back. Yeah, so it's really becoming present instead of, you know, your brain going crazy about like, what if, what if, when you get there, all the, these problems, you're like, no, this is what's happening right now. So let's just mm-hmm. focus on this instead of worrying about what hasn't happened. And my feeling is that whatever happens next, you can address it by strategizing, focusing, and committing. So like I said, if something, you know, if, if another bad or challenging or annoying thing happens, then you can use the tools of getting your shit together to address that when it happens, but you don't have to have been afraid of it for no good reason. You know? mm, yeah. I'm really good at making up stories of things that might happen, but never do. I must spend like, <laughs> oh my gosh, probably an hour every day of coming up with problems that don't exist to to solve them before they happen. It's such a waste of time. Um, so I totally needed to hear that. So thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. No, it's so I'm, I'm definitely familiar with that way of thinking and I catch myself doing it still. And I have to say, Hey, what are you doing? You're 
again, you're spending all this time and energy on problems that don't exist yet. Mm -hmm. And I do think that, you know, part of what makes me a successful person has to do with being able to plan ahead and think of different, you know, scenarios that might happen and, and have a contingency in mind for each of them. But that is something that can easily get out of hand. And it sounds like you've experienced that as well. And I just think, you know, sure, plan ahead, you know, be aware of your surroundings and what might happen if you tip over this particular domino. But don't become consumed by these, you know, what if scenarios, because it really does come back to what I talked about in the life changing magic of not giving a fuck, which is your fuck bucks that form your fuck budget are limited. They are finite and you only have so much time, energy and money. So don't spend your time and energy coming up with these scenarios and and spending two hours laying awake at night wondering what's going to happen if you do this. Do the thing and then, you know, either it'll work out or it won't. If it works out, great. And if it doesn't, you can worry about it then. Mm, Yeah, brilliant. Is there anything else that you feel like I miss when it comes to getting your shit together and the process of that and the concept behind it that you want to share with our listeners today? Well, the the book, as I said, is really about setting goals and achieving them. And when I was writing it, my editor said, okay, but how do I set a goal? And, you know, he kept kind of coming back to this point of like, you're talking about how you achieve the goals, but what if I don't even know how to set a goal? And this was kind of crazy to me because I thought, well, how does anybody not know how to set a goal? Like, you're like, what's wrong with my life? Why is it happening? Here's how I'm going to fix it. And he said, well, that's actually a really good way to explain it. So the one, uh, the one extra thing I would say to people is that in Get Your Shit Together, I write about what I call the what-why method for setting goals. So if you're kind of feeling stuck or you, you're unhappy or, you know, you're, you know, for whatever reason and you kind of haven't sat down to think about it, you just, ha- you just feel stuck or disappointed or unhappy, you ask yourself, what's wrong with my life? And maybe the answer is, I, I run out of money every month. I'm always in the red at the end of the month. Okay. So then you ask yourself, why? Well, my rent is too expensive. I buy too many shoes. I shouldn't have, you know, impulse bought those concert tickets uh, last month that I'm still paying off on my credit card. And so when you ask yourself, what's wrong with my life? And you ask yourself, why? The answer leads you to your goal. You know, stop buying so many shoes. Move to a cheaper apartment. Don't impulse buy concert tickets on your credit card that you know you can't afford. So that's really where, you know, the whole process of getting your shit together starts is setting those goals and then achieving them. So I thought it was very obvious in my own head, but I was, you know, instructed that it is not obvious to everybody. So I think hopefully that is a a piece of the puzzle that is, um, you know, that I've been able to kind of illuminate for people, which is just how easy it is to set a goal and how relatively easy it is to achieve it if you break it down into small manageable chunks. Mm, brilliant. And where can people find you? Well, they can find all of the information about my books and all of my published articles and interviews and podcast links at sarahnightauthor.com. And they can find me on Twitter and Instagram and medium.com where I do a lot of writing at the handle mcsnugs. So that's M-C-S-N-U-G-Z. And I'm pretty prolific on Twitter and Instagram. So hopefully people will find that entertaining. And there's also a really cool thing that I did since last time we spoke, which is I give a TEDx talk on the magic of not giving a fuck. And that video is on my website and you can find it 
Um, it's also on my Instagram links and everything. And that's a good 12 minute kind of introduction to the, the life-changing magic of not giving a fuck, which forms the basis for both of the books and for the concept of mental decluttering. So that is awesome. Congratulations on the talk. That's great. I'm going to watch it. I didn't know that existed. So I can't wait to check it out. Yeah, just I just did it in uh, March. And the video came out just about six weeks ago. And we're almost I haven't actually checked in the last couple of days, but we were getting we were past 750,000 views. So I think we're going to hit the million mark. And that would be pretty amazing. Congratulations. Yeah. That's so great. That's so good. Well, a lot of people need to hear your message. And I hope that you being on the show today helped with that um, and got more people interested in your work. I'll include links to your books and your website that you shared and a bunch of different things um, in the show notes for today's episode, Fantastic. which um, can be found at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash podcast forward slash E38. Thanks so much for coming on the show today, Sarah. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me back. Yeah, you bet. And that does it for another episode of the Keto Diet Podcast. Thanks for listening in. You can follow me on Instagram by searching Healthful Pursuit, where you'll find daily keto eats and other fun things. And check out all of my keto supportive programs, bundles, guides, and other cool things over at healthfulpursuit.com forward slash shop. And I'll see you next Sunday. Bye.